This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And what we're doing this week, which I don't normally do, normally I take the most interesting, important story of the week and I just dive deep. And uh, this time I'm taking any story you want to throw at me and telling you at least my gut reaction, if not my well-thought-out insight. And uh, and then um, in the 5 o'clock hour, Binkley, my producer here, who is going to read tweets, and I'll take your tweets on that, eight, uh, at Monica Perez Show, or you can call with headlines or topics or questions you have for me, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, but Binkley is going to play for us some Excerpts from a so-called public service announcement uh, that's designed to get out the vote. And it really, uh, I feel like it's extremely exploitive of the, uh, of what they seem to be championing as a morally good democratic system. But (laughs) since it's so totally manipulable, then I don't think it is morally good. Certainly isn't what they're saying it is. Anyway, so Binkley, what do you have? Do you have a tweet or headline? What do you want to do? I have a headline that goes with what you were saying before the break. The headline is the future of America's economy looks a lot like Elkhart, Indiana. That was a Wall Street Journal headline. Um, I, I read the journal basically cover to cover every day that like the the actual news stuff, the A section, not because I want to be informed, but I want to know what the propaganda is. There's plenty of facts in there. But when when facts conflict with agenda, you're getting agenda. And that to me is what's most interesting about it, why I keep up on it. Uh, but I've noticed several times the Wall Street Journal recently has put out these articles about how desperate the Midwest is for labor. If you need a job, you're young, you just get right out there, you're going to get a job. It's great. And I and I was thinking about it in the context of Ireland. At the same time, last week, there was news of Ireland. I think they're having a referendum on abortion. Now, Ireland's super Catholic. And uh, actually, I got my son with Down syndrome, Irish citizenship. I have Irish citizenship because it's like the only place uh, around that has plenty of kids with Down syndrome, it seemed to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I think that's uh, sadly a a fact. So I was surprised that they were going to attempt to get that through and and that they had gotten through via referendum. uh, I think it was a constitutional amendment for same-sex marriage. And this thinking about this, prompted me to tweet the difference between a normative and positive. I'm just saying how it is. I'm just saying positively, this is what's happening there. Normative is how it should be. I'm not opining on how it should be. That's a conversation for another day. So they they have this change, and I was trying to figure out how did it happen. And I remember Ireland was kind of a, um, you know, poor place. People didn't emigrate there too much. Then when it joined the EU, there was all sorts of financial stimulus 
tons and tons of jobs in Ireland. People flooded in, took the jobs, tech jobs, brought young people there, and it became more of a diverse population. Now, the you know, everything crashed and debt crisis and all that, but the people are there. I doubt they're getting home again. They're there. They're probably on the dole. And that kind of economic stimulus to promote migration, to change a demographic, to me, looks like uh, could be a plan. And so when I see it out of the Midwest, that could explain not only their attempts to bring entire communities from abroad intact to Midwestern communities that aren't used to that kind of raw foreign immigration. At the same time, I feel like, and those are the people who are only have the government to depend on. They don't have roots in the community. They they probably a lot of times don't speak English. They are they are the ones who are going to vote for let's just say welfare or whatever. They they are not going to be red your typical red state voter and could change the voting demographic. And I had a caller once who called and said, "Don't discount the impact of migration within the United States." And I started thinking about like uh, the filming making Georgia super film friendly is a way to attract people to Georgia that may, uh, I made a hashtag this hashtag flip, flip the South hashtag flip the flyovers. I feel like, uh, I mean, these are concerted efforts. There's no question about it. We played one entire show. We played Stacey Abrams clips of how she wants to change Atlanta, change Georgia, change the South, change the country. And I mean, it's not it's not to make it redder. So sometimes I think that these that these uh, you can even use economic stimulus for the purpose of moving populations around for the purpose of um, changing the voter demographic. I uh, am going to go going to take a couple of calls four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. I'm going to go to Mike in Marietta. Hi, Mike. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, it's great to talk with you, and I've talked with you a little bit in the past, but I'm just wondering what your ideas are about or thoughts are about Deerfield uh, 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 passing, uh, well, the government folks there passing the uh, idea that everybody there needs to turn in their semi-automatic weapons by June, maybe 15th or something like that. I tried to find it on my uh, Instagram uh, feed, but I couldn't. But uh, I'm sure you guys know about it, <laughs> and that is just very alarming to me. I don't, I don't know about it, but if oh my gosh, I missed it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I didn't keep up on the. Uh, no, I, I try to keep up on all of the news <laughs> in the whole country, so I don't always yeah. get it all. But I, I understand the issue. I understand yeah. that if you have well, people turn in their guns, and the fact is. That law-abiding people usually follow the law, and and what well, you're going to end well, up with, yeah, yeah, and that's pretty much the point. The law-abiding yeah. folks will, you know, turn them in. Who's going to make sure that the uh, bad guys turn them in? I mean, here's the hypothetical. Absolutely crazy to me. Here's the hypothetical, Mike, that I use when I talk when I uh, want to fantasize about talking to the legislators who are getting this done. I'd like to say to them, <laughs> so are you? disarming your security detail are you suggesting that your police and your security get disarmed if not why not Uh, why aren't you if nobody else is going to have a gun what do you need a gun for exactly why is it that every time something nationally happens i'm supposed to give up my rights 
so uh, to, to placate people. I don't, I don't get it, and I don't really think that's their. Um, I don't really think that's their uh, modus operandi. Basically, I think they just use that as a tool for confiscation. Period. Uh, end of story. I to totally agree, and I feel like the the purpose is. Uh, you can't. I don't think there's any way to deny. You can call me paranoid or conspiranoid or whatever you want. I don't think there's any way to deny that all these think tanks, all these institutions, universities, government, world government, international governmental organizations, non-governmental organizations, they all have the same kind of line. They all want power, uh, authority to be centralized more and more. They want control at the top for whatever reason. Maybe they think they're going to be at the top. I really don't know. But you can't have that with a heavily armed citizen, Reed, that has a lot of privacy and the ability to uh, counterplot, as it were. But but I say that about the legislators. Why don't they take their own people's guns away? They don't do it because they could never say with a straight face that they think asking law-abiding citizens to turn in their weapons means that criminals won't have weapons anymore. They know that's not true. They know that they their guys need weapons because other people are going to have them, and we need to have that same defense. Uh, anyway, let me see if I can get one more call, and let's go to James in Atlanta. Hi, James. You're on with Monica. How you doing, Monica? Good. How are you doing? Well, we all know about confiscation. That, uh, that, uh, you know, when the U.S. wants to declare martial law on its citizens, you will have no way to fight back. You know, when 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 all your all your weapons are confiscated. So, I mean, that's that's basically the people at the top. You ask yourself, why does a billionaire like Bloomberg want your gun? Well, why do you think? I mean, you know, he already controls the banks and the media. Now Let me ask you a question, James. Do do you think? These guns are a a real threat to them at this point. I feel like they, if you're talking about the government suppressing any kind of unrest or resistance, they they are so, we are so outgunned, don't you think? But the thing about it is, you have the, who who are they going to use to confiscate your weapon? Oh, the, yeah. the, the 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 people that they're going to use have families. Yeah. The military and the police, they're not going to I don't think they're going to uh agree uh, uh, agree with doing yeah, that. Yeah, they work on that. Somebody called and suggested that they yeah. they like immigrants, n- citizens and stuff, but they want people who aren't don't have families and roots here to be the guys on the front yeah. lines that they're they're that sinister. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they they, they it's a that is a problem. One way or another, it's a problem that has to be dealt with. But about your story about what you're talking about the uh, about the economics in the Midwest. Yeah, you know I'm from the Midwest, and and what happened was you had a combination of things. You have the baby boomers retiring, and they and they encouraged their kids not to go into the trades. They encouraged their kids to go to college and get a four year degree. The trades was you know they didn't want them to go into be an electrician or plumbing and or working in the uh, manufacturing. That on top of the Midwest was notoriously known for discriminating against minorities that were trying to get into the electrical unions, the plumbing unions. They couldn't get into those unions. If you were if you were African American, it was almost impossible for you to get into the electric. Until the union stopped being a powerhouse, I, I've read that. Yeah, and so and so now what you have is this is, is this is this huge like gap with no no n- none of these jobs are being filled now. Oh, demographic and, you know, bust. Yeah, and so now you now you're really in trouble. But they warned about this 
10, 20 years ago that this was going to happen. Well, that's the thing. When they see it coming, I, I never say it's unintended if it is foreseeable. And college, to me, is like the new draft. It takes people away, and they don't come back. They get married, whatever. So they see that, and it's a way to affect social change, demographic change. I think we might be coming to the same place on this, James. Always love your calls. Thank you very much. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow! That was intense! On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Mix of sunshine and clouds tomorrow. High of 61 in the forecast. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We're going to try to get through a few more headlines. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Binkley, you got a quick headline for me, and then I'm going to uh, go to the phones. I do have a headline that the caller before the break referred to. An Illinois town just banned assault weapons. The penalty, if you keep one, up to $1,000 a day. Wow. Well, somebody, if they violate that, will have standing to to fight that. But didn't I just hear, maybe it was related to that, a court ruling that it's not protected by the Second Amendment? That, that's got to, uh, that's, I think that's probably why it was implemented. That's the ridiculous dialectic. because... They said, I, the court ruling I heard about said it's not protected by the Second Amendment because it's a military-level weapon, which I, I'm not sure it is. Uh, but to me, that's the only kind of weapon. That's the first weapon that is protected by the Second Amendment. It's about defense, about if we can delegate that right to the government. It's a right we have. And the Second was about the second Amendment was about a militia. If that's not military... You know, at the minimum, it was about the militia. Okay, let me uh, let me go to Joe. Joe and Alpharetta, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, I love your show. This week, instead of a comment, I really have two big questions for you. I'm a big Trump fan, all warts and all. My question first is about the immigration, legal. My understanding is no matter what we do, that if they cross the border... We may write them a ticket if we catch them, and as long as they don't commit another crime, we're not going to really do anything. Okay, now if they sneak in and don't get caught, we're not going to do anything anyway. So could you tell me what's the difference? <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know if they, do they catch and release everybody, or is it just a capacity issue? I, I think they have to, it's if they claim visa and all this, I mean, they're, seems to be so many loopholes they know how to use it. See, don't but that's the, the thing. I don't think that's what it's about. If you look at Sweden, Sweden supposedly, I mean, if you want to characterize it as a problem, they have an immigration problem. Not because Somalians and Iraqis are swimming over the Rio Grande. It's the policies. And I feel like this is, it's our policy. The immigration situation that we have now is a result of policy. And if you brought, if you build a wall, they'll just leave the door open. That is what I think. Well, that's too depressing to think about. Sorry, I, but there was a CFR. <laughs> Heidi Cruz and William Weld wrote a report saying we want the North American Union to have free no. movement of labor and goods. I'm not even opining I, on that. I'm just saying that's what the policy I recommendation. I, I, anyway, I believe, I believe unfortunately, I believe you, and it's taken me later in life, unfortunately. I feel like I slept through my 30s and 40s to figure out that, like you said, the Republican Party didn't matter much and wasn't protecting me at all my second quick question is do you talk about legal immigration the area i live in now is just completely converted 
it's probably 30, 40% Indian and Pakistani. Do you ever look at that as an issue, or do we think it is or not? Oh, well, I'll... Uh... I'll just say, I think the answer to immigration, any kind of immigration issue, is if you really had a free market for labor, didn't subsidize schooling and every other thing, you would have a totally manageable, natural, just um, market of people moving in and out. I think legal immigration, Asian, East Asian immigration, um, is maybe more of an actual... Uh, concern for Americans in that those maybe those are the people and the kids who really compete for your job and for places at the colleges but I'm running out of time maybe I'll address that again after the break tweet at me at Monica Perez show Monica Perez yeah well you know that's just like uh, your opinion man on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB and the Libertarian Voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. And what we've been doing is taking some headlines, which is a little, it's a little dangerous because I don't know all the stories that people are throwing at me. I appreciate the story out of Illinois. It obviously has national significance, but I didn't know it that they're um, charging you $1,000 if you don't relinquish your semi-automatic weapon in Illinois. Um and uh, obviously immigration is big on people's minds, but uh, immigration is not a subject that it's easy to talk about in, you know, a two minute exchange. It's uh, it's it's a it's a very complex and nuanced subject because people have the right to work and travel and government. Uh, you know, I, I don't even consent to this government. I think this government is a patho- a pathological pathocracy. It's the opposite. It actually suppresses and destroys and exploits our rights for the privilege of those who are connected to it. So the fact that the existence of this government as it is with all their labor market manipulation and their cronyism and everything else um, and the way they manipulate the economies of other countries and bomb other countries and create refugees and terrorists and economic refugees. They, they create these circumstances that displace millions of people. And even as a libertarian, it's hard to say, could you really just open all the borders with this screwed up system that we have this system of, um, freebies and uh, minimum wage and all that kind of stuff to really the billions of people who have a lower standard of living. The just solution is for us to return to free markets. I think simply restoring the 10th Amendment would save us from the moral hazard of recognizing people's work right to work and travel, um, our uh, moral responsibility to have compassion and um, mercy, and the fact that we're manipulated. And these 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 horrors are created in part to create conflict, to change policy. And as we as we play into it, we uh, we promote it and we keep it going it's like the race conflict they're never going to give it up as long as it has political power um my producer binkley's here with me what you got binkley well i wanted you to refresh my memory on the 10th amendment the 10th amendment sorry is that anything that is not expressly uh in the purview of the federal government is i want i always thought it was reserved 
by the states, which would which would make it that it was always up to the states, but it's not actually. It's um, and I don't like the way it's 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 worded. I'm reading it to you. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Oh, it is reserved. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So, oh, because it says reserved to, and I wanted to say reserved by the states as if. But but the fact that the Constitution has the power to delegate to the United States these powers, where did the Constitution, this piece of paper, get it? It got it from the states, the representatives of the states, not even the people. Patrick Henry objected to saying we the people. He wanted to say we the states. Because the people make it feel like there's your your individual subjects to the higher authority. When he was saying you're not, if you're a subject, I don't know anything about that. That's between you and your state. But your state is subject to a contract, and these are the parameters of the give and take of that contract. So we need to restore the original parameters. And it, so you heard all week about California should secede. People are talking about secession. They, they should be promoting a re- return to the Tenth Amendment, but the reason they won't, the two issues that make it a bigger thing for them is uh, what, what allows them to act like it's, it's a deal breaker, that you can't have this federal union without, oh, it's all or nothing, are immigration and gun rights. Because what they would say is you can't have the Tenth Amendment because your guns are going to come into my state. But if I had, if we seceded, we could put up border security, haha, you know, between you and the next day, right? It's so, it's so funny that they don't recognize the contradiction there, but, and also immigration. So if you restore the 10th Amendment, you still have that tricky little subject of states are allowed to, according to the Constitution, unless, I mean, maybe I haven't read that part in a while, but they're allowed to let people in. States are allowed to bestow citizenship, as it were. I think under the Constitution, that's what it says. It's a little tricky. But if a, if a state, or let's just take it out of the Constitution and say the sanctuary city issue that is important to Californians, if they, uh, if they want, if they stayed a part of the union and they wanted to allow immigrants and allow sanctuary cities, that has an implication because we don't have border patrols between our states and, and their immigrants could come over to the rest of the state. So that's why... I think those are the two reasons that they would argue, oh, no, California needs to secede rather than just restore the 10th Amendment because you aren't always going to like the central scrutinizer or whatever. You know, this is the guy in, in the in the big house. Yeah, you make an interesting point. People talk about the will of the people and the people that are talking about that want to destroy states' rights. So the will of the people versus the will of the states. Yes. Yeah, so the states, you actually... The theory is, anyway, that you have control over it, or in any case, you know, a nice, a sweet way of thinking of it is this best practices experiment where every state can have its own style. But that in itself is a threat to the kind of worldwide totalitarian dictatorship that is, you know, ever marching forward. And you can see it. I was talking about Ireland earlier. Why why can't Ireland just have no abortion? You know, why can't it be kind of a Catholic country? Maybe we don't agree with the separate we defend the separation of church and state to the death basically, but who cares about other countries? Why do you have to go and impose your laws on other countries? Why does everyone have to be the same? And I believe the reason is that 
other systems work. Not not other. I believe the best system, if you're going to have nation states, because um, I, I actually believe that that society, capitalist society, is self-ordering, that just exchanging goods will give rise to the institutions that secure those exchanges, your person and your property. You could defend them in a purely capitalist society. Uh, and I like that. And I think that the American experiment is... Uh, you know, I I would acquiesce to that according to the parameters of the Constitution, but we're far beyond that. We are a highly controlled society. The fact that the federal government collects, you know, or spends, um, I don't know how much of the money, maybe three trillion dollars or whatever of taxes, they uh, are clearly outside the scope of the Constitution. But they don't want other countries to be able to demonstrate. Uh, a, a better way, even even a better even socialism. They will not allow real socialism to work because I'm staunchly opposed to socialism. I have no I, I think it's totally immoral to redistribute wealth. When when Pope Francis said said that if the translation can be belie- uh, believed, he lost me completely at that point. So I don't go for redistribution of wealth, but if you just want to examine, and we have that here, so this is not morally superior to that. But if you look at Sweden, for example, they were a small, homogeneous society that went for socialism. They they had they 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 cut off the highs and lows. It's very hard to get super rich. It's basically impossible to be super poor, and they were okay with it. They had it's not like here where there's two parties fighting all the time. They kind of just agreed, and they're like, okay, fine. And I believe. I think maybe the prime minister or president, whoever it was, who got assassinated was somebody who did not want to integrate with the EU. I can't remember. But in any case, things changed after this guy got assassinated. And now you see Sweden just uh, stories come out of Sweden all the time of the culture clash from the immigrants and all that kind of stuff, which to me is first and foremost. I mean, I've given this a lot of thought. First and foremost, the transformation of Swedish society was to debunk any hope for a a government in good faith to function properly. So I disagree with the fundamentals of their system. But I do go back to, I think it was Alexander Pope who said, argued um, in contradiction with like Thomas Jefferson or the our founders, it's really not so much the system of government, but the administrators of it. And I would say, I'm not sure about that, but I would say good faith administration of any popular system is better than bad faith administration of a good system. And uh, and that's why I think they they would never restore the 10th Amendment, because then you could have this demonstration that certain things work and certain things don't you can't you, they don't want to show that so there you go does that answer the question absolutely <laughs> Very insightful. I, sometimes i think that like my poor like husband and children they ask me a question and like five <laughs> minutes later i know it sounds like torture i really am not so bad on the uh <laughs> Oh, and, and you all have the volume button, so I guess if you don't want to hear it, you don't have to. Um, no, but I like I like these different ideas. So let's uh, should we do another headline? Let me four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. If you want to ask me um, about a uh, story of the week that you're interested in, my opinion eight hundred WSB Talk. You could tweet at Monica Perez Show. What you got? A tweet or a headline or what? We have a headline. Sinclair Broadcast faces backlash for requiring anchors to recite segments. 
This, the only thing that caught my eye about that one was that you, Binkley, had pointed out, I cannot remember how long ago it was, quite a long time ago, you pointed out that local broadcasting in general and Sinclair broadcasting in particular was in the crosshair somehow. And uh, you really had your finger on the pulse of that. Then I'm going to turn this around to you. And in our short time remaining, tell me what you think is the... Uh, upshot of this story surely it's not what you see is what you get no I, I think the true purpose of this story is to demonize all local media by associating it with this propaganda type script therefore the mainstream media is the only authority we can trust because all local media is scripted this is what's so crazy about that is is the it's same thing with voting with the uh, elections with the with the media with the information the alternative it reminds me of Churchill's quote the only form of government something like democracy is the worst form of government uh, with the exception of all other forms of government <laughs> that and that and and I and I mean that analogy kind of literally because democracy the demos whatever I'm no fan of democracy as majority rules taking away my objective rights uh, but if they're talking about pushing all the power of the information to the top, that makes it so ripe for abuse for one single arbiter to decide everything you know. I mean, even if the first guy sitting in the throne isn't bad, the second guy is going to be. There's going to be so much at stake for controlling the message. And those who have that control are already lying to us. They are the ones that manipulate countries into war, not local tiny media outlets. Well, now you're getting to where above it all, all, all is the same cabal that it's not left and right. It's it's uh, what I'm going to call the world corporation, which is controlling populations, controlling the money, controlling the power, controlling the resources, human resources, natural resources, so that there is a hierarchy that can be sustained. I think that's a paradigm that should be dead as soon as scarcity of food and, um, you know, land and stuff. We, we just don't have the need to push each other out of each other's lands, like war and all that. This whole paradigm is something that I think we've moved beyond, and I believe that the whole purpose of that upper, upper echelon is to is artificially keep that hierarchy in place. That's my feeling, but i got to take a break. Uh, I'm going to get to some calls or more headlines after the break. 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's a man out! A man out! On News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. 53 degrees outside the studio. Skies are still overcast. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, I'm talking about uh, basically anything in the news this week that you want my two cents over. And uh, this is actually we're going to wrap that up because Binkley has an awesome expose of how the left is trying to exploit our youth to uh vote i think one of their expressions was collective vote so if you if you like to hear me triggered or you feel like being triggered it's actually so over the top outrageous that i think uh we'll get a laugh out of it but i do want to take one last call on this um 
uh, anything goes kind of segment. I'm going to Steve. Hey, Steve, you are on with Monica. Hey, how you doing, Monica? Good. How are you doing? All right. Um, yeah, I just wanted to call because, you know, they paint a picture of, you know, who a conservative is. And, you know, I feel as if a lot of people's opinions is they, they are. Their opinion is conservative. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to tell you a description of me. You know, I'm 28. I'm a black male. You know, I listen to hip hop. But everything I believe in, you know, you know, it's the same thing what a conservative person believes in. So, you know, on the media, they're telling people that people like me are Democrats. And, you know, it's very confusing to a person that doesn't really think for themselves. Do so, you get personal pressure to, uh, you know, change? Yeah, I get a lot of personal pressure to, like, change my views is like, you know, everybody in my family, everybody that I know, you know, they don't really, you know, they agree with me without agreeing, if that makes any sense. It's like they say they don't agree, but their actions are different. It's like, oh, that is interesting because they're not realizing that exactly. you behave in the way that respects consequences, which is a fundamentally you know, conservative. But but the problem is that free thinking is what they act like. I, I feel like they pay lip service to free thinking, but if you actually think freely and it doesn't conclude what they want to conclude, they lose respect for you. And exactly is my point. And, you know, um, like I'm going to just speak on one thing that happens in my community a lot. And I notice, you know, abortion is a big issue. And what, what I've seen is, is that you know, a girl is okay with to have an abortion up until the time she has an abortion and every moment after that. So it's like her view initially would be saying, oh, I would never have an abortion. So that would make her pro-life. So that would make her have a conservative view. But everybody would be pushing her, you know, the community and not so much the community, but what people are saying the community is thinking. This is actually not in people's heads. They're just saying these people think these things. That you know is a fantastic point. Is and and that's what I think is at the bottom of all of this. I don't think they're they they necessarily change minds or anything. And Binkley, we got to take a break, but I we have to address this as soon as we come out. Binkley, you've said that before. It's the it's the halo effect. I can't remember what you call it. You call it something. We're gonna find out right after the break. Thanks for the call. Tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.